Welcome back to another episode of The Close-Up. I'm your host, Stephen Cameron, and today we have a really fun episode today. We have Philip Rossman Wright with Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic joining the show, um, where we just kind of like take an overview of the season so far as we're 20 games into it. Um, we take some observations of, of what we are seeing now versus like some expectations, how they have shifted from coming into, you know, training camp and this off season into where we're at today. Cause this team is awesome. I mean, like, dude, we're tied for second in the East. We are, um, you know, 14 and six. It's, it's, it's a fun time to be a magic fan. Um, this show is presented by Orlando magic HQ, the boys, the crew, um, please head over there to all of your magic content needs. Uh, we have post-game write-ups. We have video content, um, there's obviously podcast content with this show and the Orlando magic HQ show with Alan Anthony. Um, there's, it's never a dull moment over at the HQ. So make sure you check us out, give us a subscribe. And, um, you know, we have this really cool new program on, on Instagram going on. So we used to have a Patreon program. We have stopped the Patreon program and we have now started a subscription program with Orlando magic HQ. I don't want to mess this up, so give me just one moment um, as I pull up all the benefits and whatnot. So it's a $5 a month program, right? Um, and, and basically what you get for $5 a month is you get – sorry – so not only you're going to get exclusive posts, right? Um, you're going to get stories and exclusive posts just for you guys. There's going to be monthly live Q and A's. You get 20% off select home games. Um, so if you want to get discounted tickets, you can get 20% off just by paying $5 a month towards us. We can get you those hookups. Um, you know, there's going to be custom graphics made just for this program. But right now, um, and, and a members only group chat on Instagram, which has been really fun and successful already. But the coolest thing too is right now we're giving it away a um, Orlando Magic City Edition starters jacket. It's sick. Um, this contest is running through the end of the month. Um, all you have to do is sign up, be a subscriber of the program, uh, which again, already gets you some really cool benefits, but it's going to give you an exclusive giveaway. The um, Like I said, the Orlando Magic City Edition uh, starters jacket, which is valued at over $150, which is pretty dope. And then also there's going to be five Orlando magic HQ hats that get, uh, distributed through the giveaway as well, which is really cool. Um, so check that out. We'd love all the support that you could give us there. Um, and we're definitely doing our best to give back to you guys within that program. Before we get to the interview with Philip Rossman Reich of Orlando magic daily, um, this podcast episode is brought to you by bet online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all your sport wagering information. If you want to bet on some sports and you kind of want to know like what parlays are looking at or you know what the over-unders are and things like that, just go to BetOnline. Um, with up to a with up to the one minute sports wagering nudes, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has information at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's that's played from MMA to international soccer. I think they even have pickleball betting. Don't quote me on that, but it's possible because they have just about everything. Um, head to bet online today and remember to use promo code believe that's B L E A V for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's believe that's B L E A V for 50% off your, uh, initial deposit, um, welcome bonus. So bet online where the game starts. All right. 
Thanks for tuning into this episode. Make sure you give Philip Rossman right a follow. Make sure you subscribe to his kick-ass Patreon program, um, which we get into at the end of this conversation. And last but not least, let's go magic. Like I said, everyone, we got Philip Rossman right of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Philip, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show. It's been a little while. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. Always, always great to to, to chat with you. I, I, I was going to say chop it up, but I don't think I'm cool enough to to say that. Um, but it's always, <laughs> always great to to hang out with you, man. Yeah, um, it's we've been we've been doing this for a while now, and uh, <laughs> not just talking on podcasts, but like in each other's text messages and DMs, uh, randomly talking about the 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 team and the sport as well. We're here today on Monday, December fourth. Um, the Magic are on like a three or four day of like off schedule. Yeah. It's like, it almost feels like a month where there's no magic basketball other than like practice images that are going to leak through. Um, you know, the magic are second in the East. They are tied for second in the East with Milwaukee bucks at 14 and six. Um, they just matched a, um, franchise high winning streak of nine games. Everyone was hoping for that fifth game. It was a little unlikely, but they did not get that. And that's okay. They got nine, which is pretty damn impressive if you ask me. Um, Philip, before we like dive into specifics, I kind of just want to get your opinion. We're, you know, 21 game, 20 games into the season right now. Um, you know, I think that's like roughly 23%. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, go training camp, your thought and where we are today. Did your thoughts going into the season of this team match up with 14 and six today? Uh, definitely not 14 and six, especially like looking at that early season schedule. We were all like, you got to win the game against Houston on opening night. Yeah, you're going out on the road. And, 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 and like, even that six-game homestand, we're like, you got Toronto, who should be okay. Denver, who's pretty good. Who's, you know, pretty good if you haven't heard. Uh, and Boston, who's pretty good, too. Um, you know, I think we, I think I was expecting them to just hover around 500. And honestly, like, when I looked at the schedule and looked at the team, um, I, I, I think I predict, I think I'm, I, I publicly said 42 wins was where I thought like somewhere between 38 and 44 wins. And I think I publicly said 40 to 42 was, was where I was landing on. Um, and I, you know, just, that's just because I, I expected modest improvements. Um, I expected them to just hover around 500, you know, maybe make a push toward the end of the season after the all-star break when the schedule like seriously lightens up um, and then make the play in tournament that way. Um, I think we can throw all of, and I thought that was optimistic, but realistic. Um, I think we could throw that all out the window. Like this team, you know, I, I heard them say we're going to be a top 10 defensive team. And I was a little bit skeptical of that. I was just like, okay, you know, maybe they get there, but they'll be on the back end. No, this is a top five defense in the league and, and pretty consistently. So, and you know, even when their defense wasn't good last week, they're still winning games and beating, you know, beating bad teams with, mar with the margin of error that they have. Um, and with the injuries that they have on top of that, um, this team is legitimately good. Um, are they top two seed in the East good? Probably not. Um, I think a fall is coming. I think they'll go through some ups and downs and some struggles still. But is this team capable of earning a six seed and avoiding the plane entirely? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if there are five better teams. In the, I, I, I'm not, I don't know if there are six better teams in the East than the Magic. And, you know, even I, I did I did this on Orlando Magic Daily today just because uh, on a lark. Um, I decided to kind of like power rank the Eastern Conference All-Stars like, both Paolo and Franz easily could make the all-star team this year. Like this, this is a legitimately good basketball team with a legitimate identity. They know how they want to play and they're executing it more often than not. Even when they don't execute it, they for the most part, give themselves a chance to win it. And that's all you could ask for. And, and obviously there's still growth and learning to come, but this season's been beyond, I think anything that, that any of us could imagine. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of in alignment with you right there. I came into the season thinking we were going to be a 500 basketball team. You know, my my prediction of like final record was like 38 to 42, 43, somewhere in there. And that, you know, the, the whole season we would be like around that 500, you know, record. You know, if I would have said, you know, where we're at 20 games, you know, nine and nine and 11, 11 and nine, you know, 10 and 10, somewhere around there is kind of what I would, would have expected. Also considering like 
the how our schedule has been up to this point. Um, but you know, we're a 700 team right now and, <laughs> and it's pretty, pretty nice. And pretty I nice. didn't expect that. And what's cool is about this run that we're seeing Philip, in my opinion is it's sustainable, right? We're not winning because of like, abnormally hot shooting from guys that are not abnormally like good shooters. We're not winning um, because of our offense Uh, and, and our offense hasn't been horrible to say the least at all. Like we can get to that in a second, but I know it's it's kind of nice, but we are like, we're at a spot where it's like defense is easier to sustain uh, in my opinion and the way we're defending too. Um, And it's, it's, it's like, wow, I, I think we know enough. We have enough data now. We're 20 games into know like this team is real. Um, and we're, we're, we're sustaining like this despite not having two starters, which no disrespect to Anthony Black and Goga, who have done very well within certain things. You know, Anthony Black, a little bit up and down. Goga, pretty solidly good most of the time. But like there's certain elements of Wendell and Fultz that we've missed. Um, I think we've also learned a little bit more about this team and, and kind of what they need with their absence. But like at the same point, like hands down, we're a better team with them in the lineup than when they are not in the lineup. And, um, you know, that we still had have the success without them is like pretty crazy. And it's like, man, I can't wait to see what we look like when they start coming back in and getting integrated and, you know, coach is able to take certain data that we've learned from now and kind of adjust with, with them coming back. It's going to be pretty, pretty exciting in my opinion. Um, what, and give me one thing so far this season that you have seen that you have not expected that could be on court, off court, locker room, whatever you want. Give me like the one surprise that you did not expect. One, the one surprise I did not expect. Um, Honestly, it's it's going to sound weird because I don't think the percentages necessarily reflect it. Um, but Paolo Bancaro and Jalen Suggs being reliable three-point shooters. I was going to say the same been, thing. Such has good. Been such a, a pleasant surprise. And look, the, 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 the numbers don't back up that the Magic are this great three-point shooting team. They're still, they're still at a deficit with their three-point shooting. And, and it, it's still a need that needs to be addressed. But... Paolo Becchero is shooting, what, 42% from three right now? Jalen Suggs is at, like, 35. Like, they're both reliable enough. And, and, you know, maybe defenses aren't quite rotating to them as if they're that reliable. And so, you know, maybe there'll be a cold streak coming for Paolo here. I think he's still very selective. This is this is not a volume three-point shooting team. Like, I think team strategy is still generally let the Magic shoot threes. Not that we want them shooting open threes, but if they're shooting a ton of threes, that means there's less pressure on the rim, longer rebounds for us to get out and transition. It, it, it ultimately benefits teams who let the Magic shoot threes. And the Magic, I think, have been a little tighter on their three-point shooting. Like, they're, they're taking only, I don't know what the exact number is, but like last year they averaged 31 three-point attempts per game. The Magic are right around, if not below that average this year. So three-point shooting is still a major concern, but like, Paolo taking a catch and shoot three this year, that's money. That's cash. Like I have, I have no, I, I don't want him taking like step backs and like pull and pull up threes. He's not good at those yet, but a, a, a you know, feet set catch and shoot three. Paolo Bancaro is making that. And, and that's opened up his game tremendously. The same way it's opened up Jalen Suggs to be a lot more consistent as a three point shooter. It, it, again, I think it's easy because the Magic have had such a strong start to the season and our eyes are getting a little big looking at the playoffs. It's easy to forget that this is still a development year. This is still a year about guys getting better and young players improving. And so we're seeing that. And now we're ready to see them like take another step forward as this team continues to grow. Uh, I agree. I was asking that question. I was thinking, what is my answer going to be? Because as I mentioned before, we started going live. We did not prep for this podcast. We're just... We never do when you and I talk. We just have conversations, right? Ah, I I shouldn't, but I but I do. But I was looking at, I was thinking, yeah, like the three point shooting from those two specifically is is an answer for me. And uh, I was looking it up. Paulo is forty four percent. Jalen Suggs is thirty seven percent. It's like kind of cool. They'll probably come down to earth a little bit, you know. But like, even if like Paulo landed at like. 37% 37% for the year and well, Jalen like, was at like 35 or 36. Like yeah, that's sick. But like, and like, and like, and like, I think this is the important point to make the difference, you know, and difference that maybe this is the problem um, of them coming down to earth is like a, a Trey young 
shoots he's better this year but last year he was a 32 percent three-point yeah. shooter on like seven eight attempts paolo is shooting 44 percent on maybe four attempts so he's gonna have a night where he goes one for four he's gonna have a couple maybe a night where he goes over four but he's then he's gonna have a night where he goes two for four or three for right. five right and and so he's not taking a ton of these threes you know jalen mm. suggs is you know i don't know how many attempts he's taking i don't have the numbers in front of me He's, I, I can't imagine he's taking more than five per game. He's taking he's, still, he's taking four per game, and Paul is taking just over three. Yeah, so we're talking about, like, smaller margins. So, yeah, they might come back down to earth, but their game is not predicated on making those three. So those are, you know, that's still a bonus. And, again, maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's still Four per game for Jalen, sorry. I'm sorry? I was just saying four per game per, for Jalen. Sorry, yeah. I misread that. Yeah, so – you know, maybe that's a problem. The Magic still, I think, need a volume shooter or someone who's yeah. willing to take, you know, five, six threes a game or, or to just add to the total because there, there's still a three-point math problem. And we saw that play out a little bit uh, in Saturday's loss to Brooklyn. There's still maybe a little three-point math problem that maybe pops up in the playoffs. Maybe it doesn't. And that's part of what the season's for. But they're like, what, what's great about this team and probably what, what's just as surprising is how versatile they are. They could beat you from the three if they need to. They've done that this season. They could beat you in the paint when they need to. They've done that this season. They can beat you in transition when they need to. They've done that this season. They have their principles in the way they need to play, but they can adapt to how you're playing. Like they they went into a track meet with Washington, beat them twice. They went into a slowdown game with Chicago, beat them twice. Those those things are impressive for a young team that they, you know, for the most part. They don't get that flustered. If the game calls for them to run, they'll run. If the game calls for them to slow it down, they'll slow it down. If the game calls for threes, they'll make threes. If the game calls for them to dominate the paint, they dominate the paint. Um, that's been the impressive part is no matter how they win or how they're, how, how the game goes, they have a way to win. And, and, and that, that's been really, really impressive. For, for me, something that's been impressive has – and unexpected for me is really the improvement of 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 Maurice Wagner. Um, he's like he's so much more efficient this year, and his bag has grown to where like last year he kind of like if his three point shot wasn't falling, it kind of felt like he was just kind of a body on the floor. Where now it's like. Uh, your three-point shot isn't falling. He's gotten so much more efficient with his finishing at the basket to where it doesn't matter. It's like he's got other ways to score other than just shooting the three. And it helps that his three is, is falling big time. And he's still not a great defender, but he's made enough improvements um, to where it's like he's not as big of a liability and he's not getting um, attacked as bad as he used to be where, you know, now it's it's, you know, we can sort of use him in other ways than just taking a charge, which has been really nice. And you know, he's, he's someone still taking a lot of charges. And he's still he's taking like a lot of charges. He's, still, yeah. he's got like 13 already this season. And and he's someone that, you know, I was a little iffy on if I wanted back or not on this team. And and I've been like proven like, yeah, dude, you're valuable in ways that I that I didn't expect or didn't see this year. So that that'll be that'll be my answer to that. Um now I'm gonna flip the switch. What was something that has been like your biggest disappointment so far or not your biggest, but what has been one of the disappointing things so far this season for you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the obvious answer is injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, Markel Fultz being out essentially this whole month, you know, Wendell Carter, you know, breaking hit, you know, breaking the bone in his, in his hand early, earlier this month. Um, you can't control for injuries and, and it's just, it's disappointing to see um, because we know how hard Markel's work to get back. We know how hard Wendell works, and, and injuries have just been a constant story. I know I was someone that, that continually brought it up that, like, hey, the Magic need to be ready. Wendell's going to miss time. It's it's inev- it, you know it's not his fault. It's not anything recurring. It, it's just been something that happens. And I know Wendell was really disappointed with that. But I'll 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 stick to a little more granular. Um, I I do have to say I think Markell's play early in the season was really disappointing. Yeah. And, you know, it's a it's a contract year for him. I know everyone, myself included, are cheering for him. They want this to work. I, I've been telling people like, you know, maybe Markel's not the answer at point guard, but he he has earned the opportunity to prove himself and prove whether he is or not. And obviously, this absence is keeping him from doing that. Um, you know, I I have no clue how long that knee issue has been bothering him. How much the knee tendonitis has been bothering him? I I asked. I remember asking Jamal Mosley directly about it. 
uh, and they said it was something that flared up. I am still really skeptical of that just because we know how good and explosive Markel was looking at the end of last season. And he did not look anything like the player that he was last season, uh, at, at toward the end of the season, especially. Um, he's looked a, a step slow. You know, the jumper doesn't, he doesn't look like he has the same lift off as jumper. And, you know, teams understood that. They, 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 they you know, cramped the paint. And, and obviously, Orlando struggled in those first however many games Markel played. We saw teams just zone them up like crazy, five, you know. Five, five feet, five players in the paint, essentially, and it just makes it really hard for the Magic to operate. And it is, you know, now that you know this team is maybe developing a little bit faster than we all anticipated, it sure does feel like the the, the decision or question about Markel is coming to a, a bigger head and, and a bigger turning point. And it's, look, it's not like Anthony Black's a great shooter either, so the spacing issue still exists with that starting group. But I think we can more clearly see, like, okay, this is what the Magic need from the position, and we have to ask ourselves whether Markel can can fill that spot or not. And and, and we're, we're at a decision point, I think, with him much sooner than I think we thought. I want to pause there for a second just because it's been such a hot topic for Magic fans, and this is not like a uh, agenda-pushing thing. I, it's more so like I want to talk about the offense for a second right now and just ask like, okay, so when Markel's on the floor, he is kind of more of the pro- – primary ball handler you know the decision maker is is you know getting to his spots to then allow other people to get to their spots and make smart passes out of that is no question he is really damn good at that but now we are seeing a situation where the ball moves a little bit more um with it you know sometimes being in paulo's hands to sugs hands to franz hands there's are there is definitely some issues and some gaps there, but just different like stylistically, what do you think we are learning about this team without having such a heavy primary ball handler in the point guard versus having a situation like Anthony Black can handle the ball a little bit, but he's definitely got a long ways to grow there. Like he's where Anthony Black has done well for this team is on the defensive side and offensively he's like not been like a, a negative the there, but he's not yeah. positive. He's not bringing anything really positive yeah. there either, right? He does, you know? he does a good Harkless cut, um, right? And, and for those for those that don't know what a Harkless <sighs> cut is, Mo Harkless's rookie year, he was just like Anthony Black, not a great shooter. Didn't really know what to do with him, but they had to play him. They stuck him in the corner, just kind of let him hang there. And when the defense like crept in or stopped looking, he would cut back door along the baseline against them. I have always called that a Hark- I've called that yep. a Harkless cut ever since. It's great. I, I, I love Mo Harkless. <laughs> love love that dude. Um, I call that a Harkless cut because that's that's kind of where it where, where where it comes from for me. The Magic have been killing teams with that baseline cut, by the way. Uh if just uh just watch just watch it when teams zone them. They love running Anthony Black along that baseline, they love running Jalen Suggs along that baseline. That's 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 a big staple of the Magic offense right now. But it's very much a like let's keep him out of the way, let's chase yeah. him out as much as we can. He's hit enough of those corner threes that you can't completely ignore him, which has been a nice development too. But um, to, to your question though, um, the big thing, and I think the big buzzword with this Magic team has always been versatility. And I think when a lot of people think of versatility, they think of positional versatility. This guy can play the three or the four. This guy can defend, you know, one through five. Like that's what they think about. Um, I am increasingly believing that when the Magic talk about versatility, yes, they're talking about size. They're also talking about skill versatility. Sure. They want forwards who can play point guard. They, they essentially want everyone to be able to play every position. And, you know, maybe center gets exempt from that a little bit, but you look at the Magic now and you look at the way that the Magic play, how often do you see Paolo Bancaro bringing the ball up the court and initiating offense? How often do you see Franz Wagner bringing, up the, bringing the ball up the court and initiating offense? You look at that starting lineup right now. Anthony Black, Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, Jalen Suggs. All four of them can theoretically bring the ball up the floor, initiate offense, and get, get this team going into the right sets or into the right, into the right places or into the right spots. Um, you know, Obviously, Markel Fultz can do that. But the question, I think, with Markel is, okay, he can do that, but can he be a floor spacer? Can he you know, stand in the corner and, and be a shooter, be a cutter? And yeah, he can do some do, do that a little bit too. He's a good cutter. Yeah, he's a good cutter. But this is what the Magic are aiming for. Like the one thing that's happened because maybe Markel's out a little bit is Paolo Bancaro's 
had more space to be a little bit more of a playmaker. And, and yeah, he's turning the ball over still. It's like three point something turnovers per game. Um, but he's averaging four and a half, almost four and a half assists per game. Um, he's kind of got to go through that. This is like healthy yeah, development is, for him there. Yeah, exactly. And I think early in the season, like I made this point a lot. And, and this is honestly a magic problem in general is they tend to overpass. Like everyone's so unselfish and trying to make the right plays. They will overpass before they shoot too much, you know, except for Franz. Franz is trying to shoot too much. And sometimes you got to reel him back, but uh, not so much lately, but, but sometimes you do. Um, Paolo's problem this year has been, he's been trying to overpass, but he's still making these great passes, these great reads. He's learning how to read defenses. I don't know if that happens as quickly or develops as quickly as it's developed. If, uh, if Markel's in there. And again, that's not a knock on Markel. We love Markel. I think he still makes this team a better team by giving them another playmaker, another passer. I think one thing that's been missing this year from Paolo's diet is he hasn't gotten the same kind of mid-post looks that he got last year. And that's a lot of, you know, get Markel finding, feeding him the ball in that spot. Um, because Paolo's had to be on the ball a lot more, his shot diet's just a little bit different. Um, it, you know, so I, I think there's still, you know, it's not, again, Markel adds to the team. He doesn't necessarily take away from it, but you can kind of see the vision of what the Magic are going for. It's everybody can play every position. There, at least offensively, there yeah. is no spot where anyone is weak, or not necessarily weak, or, or one no spot that anyone can't play. You need Powell on the block. Powell can be on the block. You need him bringing the ball up. He can bring the ball up. You need him to play make. He can play make. You need him to score. He can score. That's what they're going for, and so. When I look at this roster, I think, okay, how do the Magic find more players like that, especially from a point guard position that, you know, is considering Jalen Suggs is still considered a non-shooter despite the percentages we mentioned. Paolo is considered a non-shooter despite the percentages. Franz is, Franz is really the only shooter in that lineup. It feels like the Magic need more. <coughs> Excuse me for the season. Bless you. You're good. <laughs> thank you. I'll edit that out. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were yeah, carrying on there. I got to the end. There. I got to the end. There. I held on. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, it's it is interesting, man. I I like like I said, you know, I I like Markel Fultz. He's a good basketball player. Um, he adds to this team, but it's just like when I when I see Paulo and Franz, all I think about is how do we optimize them, right? That is my agenda for this Magic team. It's not all anything else. How do I optimize Paulo and Franz? And like how I, what I think about that is I need guys that they can pass to that can hit open shots. That's, that's like the main thing. Right. And then it's like, cool. You know, you were, you were sort of alluding to it about, you know, multiple ball handlers that can bring up the thing. And I think about, well, you're probably not going to get a volume shooter from, from, from the center position. Right. Brooke Lopez is not walking through this door and he's getting older. Um, you know, we're probably not going to trade for Carl Anthony Towns, right? Um, so then it's like you got to look at the guards. So it's probably not trading him at this point. Right, exactly that too, right? You know, so then it's like you got to look at the guards, and it's like at this point, in my opinion, like uh, Suggs is the more valuable player to this team, right? And and what he's bringing, and I think that was not the the definite answer this off season, and something we learned really fast because Suggs' ascension to like where he's at now has just been so fun and so incredible to watch. My goodness. That is, that has been a blast to watch him on the court. Uh, you know, just his success with, with his shot, his energy with the crowd. Mike, how much fun is it to watch? Like he's the heart of this. Just, team. just drive this thing. You know, like, it's, like, it's like, honestly, like, honestly, I know that loss to Brooklyn's fresh in our minds and there are a lot of problems in that loss, but sure. like, the reason why that game got out of hand it's because Jalen Suggs was in foul trouble and he yeah. was sitting on the bench for a good chunk of that game, uh, especially in the second half when he's so fun. Really, like put the put the screws on. He is the heart of this team. Like like early in the season when the Magic were struggling to shoot and everyone was like saying what well, we can't score early in games. So I was just like that doesn't matter. What the Magic want to do in those first six minutes is establish their game defensively, and Jalen Suggs makes that defense work. Yes, he, just, he does. You know whoever he's guarding isn't scoring that night, like plain and simple. At whatever points they get, they're working their butts off for. And he's like playing passing lanes. He's just, he's, he's just all over the place. And he like, he lifts everyone's energy up. Like he, he's literally Daryl Armstrong, like 
frankly, with with more talent. Like love, da- love Da, love yeah. Daryl. I don't think Daryl that's Suggs an offensive an elite, comment. An elite yeah. athlete, an elite talent who plays like he played in the CBA for fifteen years. Right. Yeah, it's 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 been incredible. I mean, if he doesn't make a if he stays healthy and doesn't make a defensive team, if he stays assuming he stays at this level, then something's wrong with the NBA because he he's killing it. And then you go to a game. I was lucky enough. I was home a couple of weeks ago um, for for my dad's birthday just before Thanksgiving. I went to the uh, the Raptors game when they were in town, and you just see how he pumps up this crowd uh, and how he plays to the crowd, which is like. I don't think you get enough of that in this sport and particularly not in this, not in the, with the magic. And it is just great to have. Um, and it's fun. Cause it kind of pisses off other fans. And and, and like, there's, you there's know, like, there's nothing like, honestly, like there's nothing more exciting. And you forget this because it happens once and it's a fleeting, yeah. it's a fleeting little moment. There's nothing more exciting than a young team that has never won, who is figuring out and winning for the first time. Yes. Like literally like it, it's, it's, it's a small window where this exists. And like, we saw it in 90 and 93 with Shaq. And it was just like, Oh, this is like fun. Like going to a game and expecting to win every night and having a superstar player. That's just doing stuff all over the place. You know, it, it happened with, you know, probably the Oh seven magic, although that was a 40 and 42 team, but like certainly the Oh eight magic when they were just like, taking the league by storm and shooting a ton of threes and like, and winning a bunch of games was just like, Oh, like this crazy idea they had is actually working. And it's, it, and, and, and now we win every game. That's what's happening in Orlando right now. Like this is a group that has never won before. Like, you know, Cole Anthony kind of joked about it today at practice was like, you know, I, for what limited experience I have in this league, I have lost a lot. Winning is really fun. It's sure. really, really fun. These guys like have been through the muck. They've been through the dirt. They appreciate how hard it is to do what they're doing and do it every night. And, you know, they're learning how to do it every night still, but they're not taking these moments for granted. It's not for sure that they will win. They, they know that. They live that. And so they are enjoying every single moment of it. And certainly this fan base is too. It's, it's like just this release of tension from a decade of, being irrelevant, like we all feel this is something very, very real. And so we're going to enjoy the moment a little bit while, while before we have to get really serious about like, okay, like the regular season's fun and all, but it's, it's about the playoffs. This is just pro forma now. This, this team has, you know, we've, we've been talking about it for, for 20 something minutes now, almost 30 minutes about how they've just like, outperformed our expectations they've leveled up in this way um you know we we had one segment about like our disappointments with the team um so far but we're a quarter of the way through the season it's that kind of like gut check time on on let's reevaluate how we kind of see this team and from you know the coming into the season and sort of like things that i have changed is like you know i I don't ever say this is the win. This is kind of like, this is the win window. I think this team can reach. And I'm like, cool. We're no longer in that like 38 to to 42 range. It's, it's more like I expect them to win around like 42 to like 47, somewhere in that window is like where I've shifted my adjustments. Um, And that's just like, they'll hit. I think they hit like 45 if they just play 500 the rest of the, the rest of the time or something like that. Right. It's, it's like, They'd have to go on a major league. Having said that, if they go 500 the rest of the way, with the way they've started with what they've shown us, like, not that it would be disappointing, but we wouldn't, I don't think we would consider that a success anymore. Yeah, I mean. Not that this team should win 50 games. Like, a 45-win season would be incredible. I I think. So, okay, let let me, let me flip that. You know, let's. what is your adjusted expectation for this team as far as win totals? I mean, I think 45 is the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I like, honestly, like, I don't necessarily think of it as a win total because, like, or like a range. win total isn't important. It's where they finish in the standings. Sure. Um, it's, it's a race, and, you know, they're, they're in the, the Peloton. They're in the, they're in the, they're in the, 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 the pack. I, I'm more concerned about where they finish within that pack because that's what creates your playoff matchup. That creates your ability to go where it really matters. And that's where I was leading is, next, yeah. to be honest. So, yeah. yeah. But, so, like, look, look, like, the next six weeks are really difficult. 
Yeah. Um, if the I like, I think we look at the schedule for the next six weeks and we say if they're 500 after these six weeks, and that probably includes reintegrating Wendell Carter and Marco Fultz back, which is going to take some time as well. Um, if they go 500 in that stretch, they'll probably fall back a little bit in the standings. Like I think Miami's going to make a run here at some point. Indiana's going to figure some things out. You know, Brooklyn's going to figure some things out. Atlanta's probably going to figure some things out. Um, what this team has to do again. You know, they had this nice run to stake themselves a little bit of a lead and get out in front of the pack a little bit. There has to be another stretch at some point this season, and it's probably going to be later in the season after the All-Star break because the schedule is, like, really favorable after the All-Star break. Um, they're going to have to have another stretch where they win, like, 10 of 13 games. Where, yeah. You know, they have another, not another nine-game win streak because that's really hard to do. Um, but they have to have another stretch where they just, like, out-and-out out dominate another near quarter of the season. Um, and if they do that, that will put them probably in a fight for home court advantage. And I think like that would be a dream to be fighting for home court advantage in the first round. Um, I think that would, that I think that would be like kind of this high pie in the sky dream for this team. Sure. The reality is my goal has shifted from, I like, I, I predicted this team would finish, I think ninth, in the in the east and and be in a play in tournament host a play in tournament game the goal is now to avoid the play in entirely yeah the goal has to be we're making the playoffs proper no none of this play in stuff none of this single elimination stuff none of this you know double elimination stuff we are playing a best of four out of seven series uh in, in april and, and, and i think that has to be the only goal that matters right now. and that's where i've i've adjusted to as well right i i was like going into the season you know, in that, you know, 48 to or 38 to 42 wins, you know, play in is the floor and play in is also probably the ceiling. Maybe they could sneak into a six seed. Um, now it's, you know, anything less than six is a disappointment. And really, I, I'm hoping it's a four or five race and not a five, five, six race, you know, for this team. And, and can they, can they sustain because for a six, seven race, like, yeah, yeah, uh, but six, again, like, 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 uh, that, that, like, I mean, but a six, seven race would be a disappointment for me too. I yeah. want them to complete, I don't even want this plan to be a sniff for them. Threat. Yeah. 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 And, but like, to, having said all that, and this is, and I know I get myself into trouble saying stuff like this, but like, all of these experiences are ultimately good. Totally. Like, 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 they're, like the season, like, I, I, I say this a lot. You could define sex as success as one thing, but not reaching that success doesn't necessarily mean it, the season's a failure. Yeah. Like a failure would be just get off to this hot start and you have what happened in 2015 or 2016. You got out to a 19 to 13 start. You were fourth place in the league, fourth place in the East in January, and you didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. That can't happen. Like if that happens, we got problems at this point. If this team goes 500 the rest of the way, they're 45 wins, that still probably gets them the six seed. Yeah. You're like, okay, we showed we could do something more, but we still got the job done. So, so now we know, okay, maybe we need a little bit more than what we have to get where we want. Where we're sitting at right now is like, oh, the Magic have a lot already and they just need one or two things to get over the hump or they need, you know, Paolo and Franz. Like the, the big thing that I've been telling people is like, you know, look, I want the Magic to get into a playoff series and if they get their butts kicked in a playoff series, not the end of the world because it tells you exactly what you need. You need to be in a playoff series. You need to be in a best of seven series so that all of your weaknesses can get picked apart, I can sit down and list all those things that went wrong and say, okay, is this something that we can fix internally or is this something that we have to fix externally? So like, you know, Dwight Howard had a terrible first, first playoff series against Detroit. The average, like, I think it was 14 and nine or something like that. Magic got swept. The Magic were concerned about Dwight's play in the playoffs because it was his first time he was playing the Pistons with Ben Wallace and Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. He, he, he learned a lot. He got like, that's something you could fix. Like I fully, yeah. Nikola, Nikola Vucevic's first playoff series was awful and people were criticizing the heck out of him. And yeah, there was probably more questions then about whether he could step his game up in the playoffs, you know, whether, whether, you know, this was kind of the seat, you know, the ceiling for him and the team came back in 2020 against Milwaukee and had a fantastic playoff series in the bubble. Totally. Um, it takes guys a little bit to learn what a playoff series is. And so this team's going to go through that this season. They could be the four seed going up against the Knicks or going up against the Cavs and probably not be the favorites to win that series. And that's okay 
because they have to learn. Cleveland's yeah. been through the playoffs. They know what they're doing. New York's been through the playoffs. They know what they're doing. Orlando doesn't know. And so the we only, just got to get there so that they can learn that. The only players that have ever played a playoff game on this team are uh, Gary Harris, who there's played, you know, he's, he's, there's a few. Yeah. I know all four. Uh, there's Gary Harris, uh, Joe Ingles. Both of those players did not do any of that with the magic. Uh, Gary Harris and, you know, he had a couple, I think two years with Denver that he, they made the playoffs. And then obviously Joe Ingles, I think has made the playoffs every year he's been in the league. Um, maybe that first year or two with, with the yeah. jazz were not there, but he's had, he's cool- he was technically, uh, did the Portland team make the playoffs? They might have. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But he was, I mean, he was basically he was with playing. He was yeah. technically on the team. But I mean, loads of playoff experience, multiple, yeah. you know, second round, you know, performances and stuff like that. He's really good. You know, he's got a lot of experience. Then you have Jonathan Isaac, the versus the Raptors. Um, and he had an okay playoff run, but that's kind of like, I mean, he's got so other little on-court experience to this state. Not that he's a bad, not that he is a bad basketball player. He's but a veteran, but he isn't. hasn't played a lot, you know? And then you have Markel Fultz who played in the bubble and had a pretty bad playoff experience in the bubble, to be quite honest. Um, and again, just you know, another player that hasn't. Oh, I guess he did have that too. True, yeah. He plays a garbage but, time in, for the Sixers. That, that but, but yeah, I mean, you have those two guys that, that, have played in the playoffs, but don't have a lot of playing experience in general, right? Um, with with the NBA, um, so it's like this team's young. This this season is, you know, like like you said, it's it's a development season. But the development is is at a much higher level. It's like get to the playoffs, or you know, I, two months ago, get to the play in and learn how to play high pressure games after the regular season ends, right? And or you're going to figure out what holes we have in the regular season and we'll figure out if those translate or if there's even more holes you got to figure out for the playoffs. But even if it's not like roster holes, it's like players just understanding the mentality of how they have to go into this team or into these situations and stuff like that and, and getting that taste so they want to get there even more the following year. Um, which which brings me to my next point of like, or my, my thought question as we start to transition this, this wrap up this podcast is motherfucking grandpa Joe Ingles, man, that dude is the best. Uh, I, I see like, you know, we have this second unit team that is like one of the best second units in the entire NBA. Um, you know, you, you look at second unit scores, like the top, 20 lists that are on there and and Cole and, and Movitz back Wagner on there like the entire every single time you know they, they're just crushing it and then you look at Joe Ingles who took him a moment to find his shot but from day one was pretty integral integrated to like making this team better um you know they with his floor spacing just the way he kind of like controls the second unit um you know just being that secondary ball handler that on on court coach talk about his impact on this team talk about how I mean, vital he is to this to this team i mean you know my, on and my, off the court my joke my joke with everybody right now is if there's a problem with the magic lineup just put joe ingles in yeah and it'll fix it like it's 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 really that simple um his sh- his shot making his shooting still has a ton of respect um, but I think I wasn't, sur- I, I mean, I've been surprised by how good it's been, but I, I was not surprised that he had the skill. His passing has been incredible. It's insane. Like he, like I knew he was a good passer, but I did not realize he was this good where he's just, you know, dropping, you know, kind of got that old man YMCA speed, but still <laughs> just dropping dimes to people. And, and like, if you give him a hole, if you cut to the basket, he's going to put the ball, put the ball on target to you. And, you cannot stress how important that is and, and how big that is uh, for for him and a player like him. Um, he just calms everyone down. Uh, he is – he doesn't make mistakes. Like, again, he's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't make bad decisions. Like, all most of – you know, that, he has a few turnovers here and there. I don't want to say he doesn't ever make bad decisions. But he doesn't make mistakes. Um, and this team needs that, and especially that second unit. Him being able to play some point, him being able to initiate offense allows Cole to play off the ball, and that gets him in the paint a lot more where he is really good. Um, he's got that nice, you know, Cole's got this nice little uh, short floater down pretty pat and and kind of stop, turn around, fade away down pretty pat. 
allows Cole to attack the glass a lot more because he's not at the top of the key having to get back and be the get back guy. Um, he just like Joe just makes everything work. There's really no other way to describe it. And you watch it and you know it and you see it how he he does that. And and because he's a veteran, like he has everyone's ear. Like everybody's listening to him, and everyone list everyone understands the place that he's coming from. And he's he's fit right in culturally and personality wise. Even even with the age difference, it's it's like again. If you want to fix the Magic lineup, put Joe Ingles in. Like, it, seriously. Like, uh, when the Magic were kind of struggling a little bit early on with Anthony Black as a starter, I was like, you know, I, I, I hear everyone wanting to change the lineup a little bit. Honestly, what I'd do is I'd, I'd take Black out and put Ingles in. Like, Ingles can run point a little bit. Uh, he can spread the floor at the shot. You know, Jalen Suggs brings the ball up, gives it Joe Ingles. You, you start your offense. Like, it works. And, and that's why I think Joe Ingles is the first man in for a lot, for a lot of these games. He has played 50 uh, playoff games, um, 45 with the Utah Jazz uh, starting in 2016. And uh, he played, you know, five last year with Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and he got, uh, yeah, he, he played in every game with the Milwaukee last year. So um, 50 games total, um, you know, and that's a guy like that came into the league at 27 because he, you know, he played professionally overseas and stuff like that for a while. Um, it's, it's just, it's, you, you know, one thing I, 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 I like about him is like, obviously you talked about a lot of on court stuff, but it's like, man, you also see him like basically calling, like he's ver- verbalizing everything that he's seeing and, and he's seen a lot. And that, I think that's, what's allowed people to, to be so settled when he's in the lineup is that he's just vocalizing what he's seeing. And also like, man, him and him and Mo Wagner have like the ridiculous, the most ridiculous connection ever. Like they have, I think more, I don't remember that. I saw some stat online somewhere, but it's like the pick and roll is is insane. Mojo pick and roll is very good. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, it's funny that you said, uh, you know, YMCA, my friend, shout out CJ. He calls him YMCA Joe. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a little love there. Cause he was someone that, you know, took a little bit of while for magic fans to kind of understand, understand when they signed him. Yeah, they didn't understand like, why he signed him. Like, like the, and the money was a lot, like they overpaid yep. to get him. Like, there's no doubt about it. The money, the money was, the money is good. Got to overpay um, everyone in this, in this, in yeah, this city, this, to be in honest. This, and, in, and in this situation where you're still proving yourself, like no yep. one's clamoring to play for you until you prove yourself. Uh, but like, I always tell people like, he's a better defender than you think he is. Uh, his defense has probably left a little bit to be wanting. And that's probably sure. he's, he's degraded the most, but like, yeah, he's a great shooter and that shooting is to be how we judge him, but he can pass the ball. He's going to move it. He's, yep. he is, he is some, he is a really good player. And if there's any gas left in the tank and it looks like there's plenty, he's going to really boost this team a lot. And, you know, just for the record, you know, he's shooting 39% from three now for the season, you know, despite his, yeah, his, he's, his, he's his poor start, he's doing just fine. So, um, you know, it takes people to adjust to new roles and new teams and kind of, getting their getting their rhythm phil this season has been a lot of fun we are you know we're a quarter of the way in we are we are we gotta we got this weird kind of scheduling with some weird off time these next couple of weeks but um you know it's it's been a fun start to the year i can't believe it's already been a quarter of the season to be honest it's gone by fast i'm like does this really have to end i hope not let's let's go play into june man let's play into june please yeah um I want to shout you out, man, because you are um, one, you know, what you've been covering this team a really long time, um, you know, with, with Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Uh, but you've also started a Patreon program, which is, you know, $5 a month. I've been a subscriber of it for a while. And I have to say for the listeners that have not checked it out yet, like check it out. Give it one month. Try five dollars because, and if you don't like it, then 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 stop, right? But but you'll like it because, in my opinion, it's it's one of the more educational um, patrons that you're going to join. Um, more subscribers. You're not just going to get like you get the game recaps and you get some player breakdowns, but you also get like you know you there's there's talks about you know certain on court play stuff that we see or, or that Philip sees and 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 different things and. It's just like it's the 
it's how I learn a lot about this team and what I'm seeing and, you know, or backing up what I'm seeing is through a lot of what Phil's writing is doing. And, and it's definitely value. Um, I'll, I'll admit that he is the most consistent with it. So um, he definitely takes it the most serious out of all the Patreon programs out there. Um, so just wanted to shout that out. Philip, I'm going to pass it over to you, man, yeah. to one, tell about your Patreon program and any other ways that you want people to find your work as well. Yeah, yeah. So the Patreon page is patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. Um, it's Orlando Magic Hub. Um, I think there's a link to it on my Twitter account at Philip R underscore OMD. Uh, and basically what I'm trying to do with it is just give you an extra layer of magic content and magic information. Uh, you know, I, I'm at every practice, so you get like a full practice report, like almost an extra extra article from practice as well as other notes that everyone's saying. Uh, you know, I'm trying to take some video, um, like Steven said, I do some, some play breakdowns and, and some thing and point out some things that I'm noticing, uh, in game in games a little bit more. So, uh, I do some video breakdown content there. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to grow the community a little bit as a little bit. So I am very open to any and all ideas. If you know me and you know, my coverage, you know, Orlando magic daily locked on magic will always be free. There's always plenty of content there. This is just giving you a, a little bit of extra and obviously uh, again, like I have, I have my ideas of what I want to do with it, and, and I hope everyone's enjoying it. I'm glad Steven's enjoying it at the very least. Um, but if you have any ideas for what you want to see, you know, again, I'm I'm here for you guys. Like I, I've always said that I am here for Magic fans everywhere. Um, so tell me what you want, and I will I will do my best to create it. I want to give you the I want to give you value if if you're choosing to support me. On top of this, I am hoping to take some road trips later on in the season. Uh, I'm almost certainly going to Miami. I am already beginning to plan and somewhat budget for playoff trips as well. Uh, so I'm hoping to travel with the team during the postseason, uh, at the very least. So, uh, you know, I know I know there's a lot of complaints, and and it's no one's fault except you know it's no one's fault except for the people with the money. Um, you know, complaints about how little Magic coverage there is, especially when they're on the road. You know, unfortunately, we need to be supported in order to be able to take these road trips and be able to travel to everywhere the magic go um and so unfortunately you know we do have to ask sometimes for for support so uh, i truly appreciate any support that i can get um you know it, i'm here for you guys so please tell me what you want for your five bucks um you know and uh, and and i'm happy to try and, and provide and, and you know i'm doing this full time right now so uh, i i want to make sure i'm providing the best possible ma magic coverage uh, that I can, and that the magic best possible ma magic coverage that magic fans deserve. Like I said, OrlandoMagicDaily.com will always be free, as will Locked On Magic. You can find my find uh, the majority of my writing there. Orlando Magic Hub is something on top of that. So uh, I truly appreciate uh, Stephen's support, of course. I truly appreciate everyone's support who chooses to support me. And if you don't, no worries. There are plenty plenty of places to read me and interact with me. Uh, with the magic I, I am just trying to take uh, another you know get get going to another level uh, as well for those that, that choose to, to go to that next level well philip thank you again for joining me on the show today i'm sure we will be connecting again later this season absolutely um we'll also connect next time i'm in town for a magic game and uh Listeners of the show, thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of The Close-Up, part of the Orlando Magic HQ Network. And yeah, peace out. Let's go, Matt. <laughs>